What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, we are jam-packed after what was a spirited edition of Get Up This Morning. I am in <laughs> genuine pain from the laughter and the fun continues. Kmart and Jeff Saturday are here. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made the wrong choice when they drafted him. For Namath to go in on Zach Wilson and by extension the organization as strongly as he did was jarring. All right, it's been a, a, a crazy week in so many different places. Enough that Dominique Foxworth this morning on television actually ranked the five saddest buildings in the NFL, and the one that had its greatest franchise legend ever absolutely destroy them, finished third. There are two buildings sadder than the one in Florham <laughs> Park, and we're calling out the ones in Chicago and in Denver. Greeny with you here, and again, Kmart and Jeff Saturday, good enough to hang out after we wrap up uh, the TV show this morning, and we had a delightful dinner, the three delightful. of us and Neek and the family last night, so that was very nice. It's nice that the family gets to get together once a week. Um, Wednesdays are different. It's a different vibe, and I love it. Lots this, of energy. Last night was great. It, 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 I got to meet Stacy for the first time. Uh, nephew, Eric, nephew rolling Eric. up. Yeah. Great, Wesleyan. great young yes. man. Yeah, Wesleyan grad. Uh, I found out that's a little Ivy uh, yes. last night, and uh, that was talked about quite a bit. So I learned that my education at UNC Chapel Hill is not up to par. Hey, what can we do, right? We're all a little bit different. So. Well, we had a lot of fun, and it, it, it's, it's been It's been a week where I could use a little pick-me-up after what is going on with my teams. Let's deal with the three sad teams. We we talk about the fun places. But but the conversation we had at the very end of Get Up Today, I really liked. You know, Jeff, every person who ever competes in anything knows what it's like at some point to just get your butt kicked. I mean, you know, no matter what level you're competing on. But when it is your job, when it is your life, and when it is something that is as public as a football game is – it adds levels, I would imagine, of embarrassment that would not exist in other circumstances. So just take me into that flight back. Oh. If you're the Broncos and you just gave up 70 points and now you're flying from Miami to Denver, that's got that's like a five-hour flight Brutal. at least. What is that like? Brutal. So, let me, so, so it's, it's really a, a, a weird feeling because there's nothing you can do about what just happened, right? I mean, Tom Moore, the old offensive coordinator who's now at Tampa but was with me in Indianapolis and with the Steelers for all those championships and with us for a Super Bowl, used to say, men, men, cry Monday through Saturday. I don't want to hear any – I don't want any crying on Sunday, right? It's already been – you've already done whatever you're going to do to get there. You can't change anything at 4.05 on Sunday. So you hit this plane after this, you know, just debacle – and you don't even know how to respond. Like, do you do you talk to each other? Do you just stay silent? You're not you're not really sure where to go. The coaching staff is all looking at each other. Everybody's pointing. Hey, you know, what happened to your guys? What happened to my guys? You're breaking down film. Uh, very intense. And the problem for losses like this are they linger. And it's and it's you know I heard Garrett Bowles say uh, right after it you know he he had like a, a um, this proclamation he's like yeah I've been here seven years and all I've ever done is is mm-hmm. is lose you can't have that mindset three weeks in but the problem is when you get embarrassed at that level 
it does start playing tricks on, on your mind. It does start playing tricks in your head and going, hey, maybe we're not that good or maybe we didn't. So th- this week will be all about building confidence, whether it's coming from the offensive side. we got to do more. The defensive side can't miss tackles. The coaches will do a good job of trying to shrink it. But that four or five hours – is is the most intense and the worst feeling that you have. And when I tell you <clears throat> there is a blank stare in players' eyes after losses like that, I, I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to, to to overstate. It is real. You're just sitting there thinking to yourself, "How did we get here?" Mm-hmm. And it's personal. That's the other part I want to make. It's personal to you. I know fans take it personal, but as a player, it is very personal, and it doesn't just go away. So it's it's a uh, they are definitely a sad uh, locker room right now. So this is why I brought up on on Get Up earlier that I don't know if this marriage will work. I don't think it will. The marriage between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Because to your point, Jeff, where you mentioned Garrett Bowles, this is years of losing. And this is a team that went all in, 240 whatever million dollars they gave Russell, to not just be average or be good. It is, we gave you this money to win us a Super Bowl. Then we fired the head coach. We brought in who's a guy who was supposed to be the QB whisperer. And right now, even though Russell has, I think his, his um, you know, passer rating is seventh in the league, Right. He's taken a ton of sacks already, 10 sacks. It's not all his fault. Like, it's almost like Russell isn't playing bad. Russell's playing decent. It's like Russell was, isn't being paid to play decent. And I, I think that's part of the problem. And I, I don't see both of these guys back here only because the, it was such a huge swing. And a, it was such a huge swing. That, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's very difficult. I mean, I, I think – Listen, I don't. QBs aren't made. You know, there's not 32 good ones out there. So let's make sure we're there. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. has won a Super Bowl. He's been productive in the NFL. He's won games late. He's played solid early. Like the commitment that the Broncos made to Russell, it would be very difficult to move on. I don't think they're going to cut uh, Sean Payton. You know, quickly. I think they'll. And I do think as the season progresses, they will get better. I think this thing can recover and will recover because it's it's the one position in football that's a must-have. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not the Russell Wilson of old, I mean, you're looking at Green. Ask Greeny what it's like to have a bad quarterback, right? Yeah. Like, or, or, or but a guy who you know you can't win with. At least you know he might not be the reason you win, but you know you can win with Russell Wilson. So where else are you going to go out and find it, and what kind of cap hit are you willing to take to go find that? That, that to me, is the, is the reason – even if you call it a forced marriage, mm-hmm. why, the, why the marriage has arranged, to last. Listen, arranged marriages yeah. can work all the time. The only thing I will push back on, Jeffrey, is the fact that his old organization literally said, we're good with Geno Smith. Yeah. We, we don't take Russell. That's fine. We're better off without Russell. That is why it's not – Russell can't just be good. Can you win with him? I don't know, the Seahawks who knew him forever felt like, mm, no, we Here's can't. the thing, though, Kmart, is I find this interesting because it's the second time today I've asked you about this, and it's the second time you've gone to Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. They just gave up 70 no. points mm-hmm. in a game. Like Russell Wilson is, at this moment, not their problem. No, I don't think he, I don't think he is. <clears throat> My, I look at it, I take a step back, and I look at it from what has happened. They brought in Sean Payton. If Sean Payton goes to the ownership group and says, that, like we, for us to win a championship, we can't do it with this guy. I don't see them getting rid of Sean Payton, especially 
I, I really, I really don't because the GM who decided to give up all the draft picks, all the money, um, give away players to get Russell, he's still there. I, well, I, hey, I, you know, Sean Payton hired that defensive coordinator. So, that is fair so too. like, I mean, That's you know, fair like, too. like there, yeah, there, there's responsibility everywhere as a head coach, right? Like you, you, you have the opportunity and, and I will say it, it is a massive opportunity. It's a massive risk, whoever you bring in the building, but you went with a guy who you thought, so if you want to talk about responsibility and placing blame, I would tell you, you would skip the quarterback and go to the head coach because again, the quarterback got no, ch- no chance to fix. And this wasn't mm-hmm. the 70 points is embarrassing, mm-hmm. but it's not like they were playing well the first two weeks either. Right? Like this defense hasn't been playing up and this was expected to be the strength of, or one of the strengths of this football team. Like when you went in, yeah. everybody thought, Hey, they got players, they got ability. You know, they have, they have the way they can go make hay on this side of the football to be that bad that quickly definitely reflects back on the head coach because you just hired your staff, bro. This was your first hire, right? Because you're the offensive coordinator. You're the head coach. So you really got one big hire. That's him. So that's the guy you hired. So now where do you sit, right? Like there is no pointing fingers on that one because you made the hire. I, I, okay, so I love this conversation because it's not that, it's not that I want to blame Russell Wilson or anything like that, but I have watched the NFL a very long time. When it's time to blame somebody, fingers start being pointed. Sure. And we have said with Dak time and time again, is he at a point where he's going to elevate the team despite what may not be perfect around him? We expect the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, like Aaron Rodgers. We expect them to – Lamar Jackson for a long time. It's sort of like, hey, we may not have the receivers you need, but you need to figure out a way. Can Russell be the guy when everything is not perfect, when you, don't have, when you have injuries to receivers, when the O-line protection isn't great, when the defense falters, can you still be the guy to elevate your team and win games? If the answer is no, like there's, it's so crazy that there are enough people to blame, but they're not getting rid of both. Mm. I don't know if they, the season will dictate whether both are still here. Yeah. But if somebody has to go, I really don't, See it being Sean Pate. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So they are probably approaching firing people stage in Denver. They, I think, have already reached fire everybody stage in Chicago. (laughs) What stage are they at with the Jets? Uh, You mentioned it, and it's been a crazy... Well, it's been a crazy season. No, no one could have envisioned that this thing was going to be where it is today, where Aaron Rodgers is in a position where he has to defend his teammates from 3,000 miles away against the greatest legend in the franchise's mm-hmm. history. Right. But that's where we are. Yeah. So, I mean, Jeff, I don't know how to recreate the passion that we had on the television show yeah. this morning about this topic, but I am firmly of the opinion that while I understand everyone's got to do their job and everyone's playing for the name on the back of the jersey and everyone, all of that stuff, I, I for, firmly believe they cannot get it done as long as Zach Wilson is their quarterback because I think he is a divisive figure within the building itself. Yeah, I would tell you if that were to, if, if Sala and Douglas believed that part of it and they kept him in the building, that was a huge miss by them. I would tell you, you dropped a kid second in the draft. Um, we, you know, all the Mike White situation last year, we all heard all those kinds of things. But you keep him on the roster hoping that the next two years, Aaron Rodgers is basically mentoring this kid into how to be a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? So you're not bailing on the draft pick this early. The problem is, is that now, now Douglas and, and Salah are getting blamed for keeping the backup quarterback. When the reality is, 
assets had already been spent, you know, or, or allocated, all those kinds of things. Most teams in the NFL, bro, ain't going to win with a backup quarterback. That's just a fact of life, right. right? Like, they went all in on Aaron Rodgers, and it sucks he got hurt, but that's the reality of it. So now the players that can play better, Zach Wilson has maxed himself out. You say it all the time. He can't play. Okay, okay, so if we know he can't, what can everybody else around do to get this thing back on? Because that's, that's where you're at. That's the situation you're in. I, they brought Simeon in. Maybe he's the answer. Maybe they go to him. They get him ready. This kid goes, plays, and it gives this breath of fresh air. My issue with that is, as a player, no one cares that your quarterback went down except for that locker. Those 53 guys and that staff, that's all who cares. Everybody else is glad. I mean, I, I'm not saying they wish for people to be injured, yeah. but they, that's taking one team out a, of the true contention. AC, yep. Yeah, a true contender, right? And, and like I told you before, there ain't a lot of true contenders in the NFL. Everybody thinks they are week one. We all know, right? You see limitations on teams. You're like, that's not going to win in January. It's not going to win in February. It's, it's the way it is. So at some point, there has to be the mentality, and these young players have to mature really quickly because of force, right? This is force maturation, because the guy in the building that you brought in to be the change of culture is no longer there. So somebody else has to step up, step up and we call it a vacuum of leadership, mm-hmm. right? Or leadership vacuum. So somebody's got to step up that these guys can't continue to make excuses because, again, nobody cares except your group. Stop with the excuses. Go find ways to win. At least go play to your level where then, to your point, if everybody else is playing to their level, then you can point and go, we changed that one cog and – all of a sudden, we're, you know, the wheels are spinning, right? But that ain't there yet. The defense hadn't done with their part. You know, like they have four turnovers or whatever it was the first week, a, 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 a punt return for a touchdown. They've had zero, and they've had one sack in two games. I'm not saying that they're the reason you're losing, but they ain't playing as well as they can to get themselves in places to win either. So, you know, Greeny, that I'm a psychology major at mm-hmm. Wesleyan University. That's what I studied. And that's the thing I lean on most to do this job. It's not about stats. When people show me numbers all the time, I'm like, that's great. DVOA, okay, great. But tell me about the psychology of a team and a locker room because I think those are the intangibles that you can't really pinpoint. And earlier, Jeff, we were talking about the Broncos and and how that kind of humiliating loss lingers. It's hard to turn the page. What the Jets, what this young Jets team went through last year with watching Zach Wilson – and as somebody who was in that locker room talking to guys like Sauce and Garrett Wilson and hearing, just seeing the change, just from having Mike White in the building, how they rallied around him. Yeah. This, this is a young team that is starving for a dog at quarterback. And when Marcus Spears was saying on Get Up This Morning, he just got to go out there and be a dog. He is not a dog. Mm. We have seen it. And that is okay. That is okay. I'm not killing the kid. But that's the reality. He hasn't shown himself to be that. So you can't, on this week, when they're playing the Chiefs, expect Zach Wilson to suddenly morph into something he has not been this entire time and then say the guys and the, the young kids in this locker room need <clears throat> to just say, well, you know what? We got it. We'll be leaders. They don't know how to be leaders, effective leaders. Yet, what Garrett Wilson was trying to do on the sidelines with Zach Wilson, he's talking it and he's getting frustrated. And Zach Wilson, the first thing you see out of his mouth, he says, "Hack it!" Like you read the lips, and it's like this is the frustrating part watching this team because they have great players. But if you give the leadership over to a 39-year-old QB who just stepped foot in New Jersey, and then he suddenly is taken away, and now things seem to be in total chaos. 
you did not have a solid enough foundation to begin with. And that is the problem with the Jets. I think that is right. I, I think of all the things they miss about the quarterback, it is the leadership more than anything else. I have to, uh, to let you guys go. Th- Jeff, awesome. Kmart, awesome. Thank you guys both for hanging around here. Extra time here. We'll continue on a busy morning. We'll get the entire uh, hashtag crew in here around me. And I will point out the one time I really, really wish I hadn't been right. That's next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. A couple of things before we dive into the one time that I really, really wish I hadn't been right. First of all, we're having a pretty interesting debate here over what constitutes a streak. So Hembo does the trivia. He does the trivia on TV every day. We call it Sneaky Hembo. And then we have started doing, as of last week, the trivia questions here on radio. It's a different question, so we all take a shot at it. Bubba takes a shot, Cam takes a shot, I take a shot, and we're keeping track of everybody's score. So yesterday on radio, Cam got the right answer. The question was, what team has gone the longest without having a Pro Bowl quarterback? And he was correct when he said Miami. Then this morning on TV, the question was, who was the opponent the last time Justin Fields threw for 300 yards in a game? And Cam got the answer right. It was Clemson. So we will do a question later today. But here's my question for you, Bubba. How many does a person have to get right in a row before it constitutes a streak? Cam is trying to say he's on a streak. Hembo was saying two right answers in a row is not a streak. How would you define a streak in this context? Yeah, um, two is – I'm going to go with three. 
If you got to get three in a row to get a streak. If he gets it right today, then it's a streak. Yeah. Would you accept that, Hembo? Yes, I will accept three because you know, like no one would ever say you have a two-game hitting streak. But my trivia is harder than getting a hit in a game, so I will give Cam a streak if he gets today's correct and makes it three in a row. A lot of pressure. But you would say that he's. You would definitely say. He's got a three-game streak of hitting a home run. Right. right? If you've homered in three straight games, Mm -hmm. that's noteworthy. Getting a hit in three straight games is not. So what you're saying is that it really comes down to how impressive the accomplishment each individual time is. That's right. That's 100% right. And I think because we're not offering multiple choices here, if you get three of my questions right in a row, you're a pretty sharp cat. I'll, I'll give him a streak if he gets today. Okay. The other thing I wanted to mention, and I talked about uh, us having this really nice dinner last night, the creating the Get Up family that has been my vision for the five years I've been doing this. We had a lot of fun. If you want to see the pictures, they are up on the Instagram. So you can go to at ESPN Greeny on Instagram and enjoy the photos. By the way, I don't usually read the comments. Yeah. But... Every time you post a picture like this, people always assume that I am your nephew. Oh, that they, they see the picture of Eric and they think that's Hembo? Every time. Hembo looks great. Really? Every single time. Is that right? Really? I never would have thought that. I never saw that. Yes. So every time there's at least one comment saying, I didn't know that Hembo looked like that, or look, at, look how young he looks. Oh, things like that. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that's my 25-year-old nephew, Eric, who lives a couple of blocks away from us and is a, frequently joins us at these things. The, the, the best thing was last week I did see one comment because Nick, my daughter Nikki was there and Eric was there, and we posted a picture, and someone said, what, you can't just swap out your son for another son and pretend we're not going to notice. <laughs> like People thought I'm trying to sneak my nephew in. My son is in Prague as we speak, so he's not going to be in any of these pictures until after Christmas because he is uh, doing his junior semester abroad. But anyway, we had a lot of fun last night. If you want to see the pictures we're talking about, they're on Instagram at ESPN Greeny. In the meantime, this flat sucks. The Scoop. So the Jets signed quarterback Trevor Simeon yesterday. I know everything about Trevor. I've known him since he was in college. He went to Northwestern. He played in one game for the Jets, actually, in 2019 and got hurt in that game. He hasn't won an NFL game as a starter since 2017. I said anyone would be better than Zach Wilson, and I stand by it. He is anyone, and he is better. He at least is an NFL quarterback. He will look like an NFL quarterback back there if he winds up playing, which I believe he will. But that's not the point where I'm saying I told you so. I want to be wrong about this, but the person who has the finger on the pulse of the Jets is Rich Semini, who is the Jets beat writer that you know, covers the Jets for us at ESPN. And what I've been saying all along is this is not about winning championships or the division or making the playoffs. Those things are long since gone. The minute Rodgers went down, that was over. We have to keep this thing together. They are on the verge of becoming Lord of the Flies. You can feel it. Going back to last year, they were ready to explode if they didn't get Zach Wilson off the field, and they did it with a winning record. They had to get the kid off the field because the locker room was going to have a mutiny, and that is happening again. You can see it on the sideline. You can feel the tension emanating from the television. And no matter what Aaron Rodgers tries to say, and he's saying the right things, he's doing whatever he can from a a sickbed in California 
Rich Samini knows what's going on. The thing is, he's coming off as a Zach apologist, and that doesn't play well in the locker room. The defense in particular is not happy. This defense knows that if any other player were performing his job the way Wilson is performing his, that player would be benched. Trust me, there's tension in that locker room. I get the sense from what I've seen on the sideline and from what I'm hearing that this team could be ready to implode. So that that was from Rich's podcast. And look, as I said, this is the one time I really, really, really wish I hadn't been right. But anyone who's been following this can see it. If I stand up here, Hembo, and I, 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 you know, I just lie directly to your face, you might have no choice but to go along with what I say. Let, let, let's just set up a world in which I'm the leader of this show, of this hashtag group, right? The, the four of us, we all work together and... And, and we do the best we can as a team to put the show together. But at the end of the day, the show is called Hashtag Greeny. So I'm the one who makes most of the decisions. And, and, and you basically have no choice but to go along with them. But if you, know, not, if you know that I'm not giving you your best chance to succeed, if you know I'm lying directly to your face, you might still do it because it's your job, but you will completely lose respect for me as the leader. And that is what I fear is going on. Robert Sala is not the leader of that team. Aaron Rodgers is. That was evident during hard knocks. It's been evident from the moment they got Rodgers, from the moment they all got on a plane to go get him. And so that's why this thing is falling apart. I don't know what he, the coach, is saying behind closed doors. But if he's saying to them, guys, Zach is the guy. He's going to get this done for us. They are going to tune him out immediately because everyone knows it isn't true. I have no doubt that if the Jets were coached by Mike Tomlin or Mike Vrabel or John Harbaugh or fill-in-the-blank good, experienced NFL head coach, that they would not be ready to implode. To me, this is a direct affront on Robert Sala and his leadership. This is an opportunity for him to clutch this team. Even if you can't buy what I'm selling, you have to have some respect for yourself. Like, you're the one trying out for 31 other teams. You're the one that has to put forth tape every single week. At minimum, be a professional in that sense. To me, like, that is a very easy, straightforward message to your locker room. Do it for you. you. But here's the thing. They're doing that. No one isn't trying as hard as they can. They almost won the game this week, despite the fact that they're playing without a quarterback. Then why does a reputable reporter say they're ready to implode? Because the... For the reasons I just gave you, it doesn't mean they're not trying. My fear is that there are going to be guys who are going to be like, if you're leaving that guy out there, I want out of here. I want to go somewhere else where they're they're actually trying to win. Uh, They're they're yelling at each other on the sideline. That's not unprofessional. We see it all the time. Mm -hmm. That's a true desire to be great. And so I'm not accusing anyone of not trying as hard as they can. I'm actually doing the opposite. They're trying to shove down the throats of the 52 other players on that team that we're trying the best we can, and they all know they're not. Now, again, Brandon just brought up, and he's as big a Jet fan as you'll meet, as we were talking in the hallway. What happens if Zach goes out and throws for 300 yards this week against Kansas City? Great! I'll be delighted. I will spend two hours on Monday saying nothing but, I'm sorry I was wrong, I'm sorry I was wrong, I'm sorry I was wrong. And I'll be the happiest I've ever been in my life to have been wrong. But it isn't going to happen. He can't play. They have to put anyone else on the field. Trevor Simeon probably won't be ready by this Sunday night to play. So whether it's Tim Boyle or whatever it is. But that's why it's going to implode. 
because he has to try and sell them on the fact that they can win with this quarterback and they know he's wrong. So who's the de facto leader on this team right now? C.J. Mosley? Like on the field, I mean. He's the leader of the defense, I think, yes. He's one of the few veteran leaders on that team. See, that's another problem they have is that they're so young. They were dying for someone to follow, and Rodgers came in and was that someone. But I, I just if you name all the really good players on the Jets, they're all 25 or younger. Right. Quinn and Williams, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, they're all young. Dalvin Cook, he's been there 10 minutes. Alan Lazard, he's just Aaron's guy. Randall Cobb, he's Aaron's guy. They're all Nathaniel Hackett, he's Aaron's guy. I'm not, I will never blame Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett was not, he, but not brought here to be an offensive coordinator. He was brought here to get Rodgers. He did. He did his job. So they were done the second Rodgers laid back down on that floor. Now they just need to hold it together. And that is what I'm worried will not happen. So my hope is that Robert Sala has a good enough relationship with the leaders on his team, with the council, if you will, that if they go to him and say, look, coach, the 52 of us believe that this guy is not giving us the best chance to win, that Robert Sala can actually take that advice to heart and throw Trevor Simeon on the field. Yeah. And look, if Trevor Simeon is markedly worse than Zach Wilson, well, well, then you have your answer. I suppose we're living in a world in which I'm willing to consider that as a possibility, but honestly, what I want to see from the players is, is 100% effort every single day because that's the only thing that you can control. And, and I, don't, I don't in any way doubt that they are giving that. It, it's it's just an impossible situation, and I think I think unfortunately it is also a somewhat unique one because of the dynamics of this particular player, which is to say the backup when Cooper Rush came in for the Cowboys last year, he isn't one tenth the player that Dak Prescott is. But everyone looked at each other and said, "Let's raise up our level and all that kind of stuff." There are unique things going on with this particular player, and they largely surround the fact that the rest of the team has an issue with him. I mean, I don't want to start getting into personal stuff because it's not my place, but I'm just saying I don't, think, I don't think he has the support, the emotional support of all the other people in the room. And you think that's meaningful and material? Yes, I do. I think, I think that they were 52 and him last mm. year. Man. That's how bad it is. And I don't think they can do anything about it. Actually, it actually brought us to today's list. I'm going to cede today's green list to my colleague, Mr. Foxworth. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. All right, today's green list, today's top five is Dominique's list of top five sad buildings in the National Football League. The buildings were on this Wednesday as everyone comes back to work. The people are the saddest. Number five. The Raiders, they stink again. Like, they just can't get out of their own way. They all hate their coach. None of them have any respect for him. Devontae Adams is getting targeted on literally every play, and he wants out. When the receiver doesn't care about getting the ball anymore, he just wants out that badly, that's when you've hit rock bottom. Yeah, their coach also, Josh McDaniels, has no idea what he's doing. He he coached that game. He managed that last game as badly as you could. He doesn't even... He didn't, I mean, based upon his, his post-game comments, he didn't even understand the very simple nature of the game flow and stuff. You, you, you go for it on fourth down there, Josh, every single time. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, kicking the field goal at the end is what, what you're talking about. was essentially just... 
giving up the game. No, it was terrible. It was ridiculous. He's a bad coach. They're a bad team, and they're going to get worse <laughs> before they get better. Number four. Number four is the Panthers, and I, I will tell you why. This is another case where, well, I don't care if I was right or wrong about this or not. I All through the draft process, if you listened to this radio show when I was doing draft prep, I was saying, if I had the first pick in the draft, I would take C.J. Stroud. Now, three games into their rookie years is much too early to be making the following or, or, or any conclusion based upon what we've seen. But the predictable is happening. Anthony Richardson looks like he's a guy who just wants to tuck it and run, and he's going to get hit like crazy, and he's already got a concussion. Bryce Young is a player who was injury-prone in college and is just too small. He's already hurt. And C.J. Stroud is pro-ready. He's got the right size. He's got the right arm. He's got the right mentality. He's got he is the goods. And I think playing for the worst team of the three of them, he's playing the best. I think Richardson's on a better team. I think Young is on a better team. And Stroud is playing by far the best. So if I'm Carolina, I'm sad because I think I missed on the first pick in the draft. In an honest moment, you think that Frank Reich, their head coach, after three games would say, I already think we got this wrong. No, I mean, he, he can't, right? He, that, that's one of those that you just can't even allow yourself to go there. You've given up so much. They didn't have the first pick in the draft. They traded to get the first pick in the draft. They, they did it to get Bryce Young. No, Bryce Young may still wind up being a terrific player. I, I hope that he is. But the concern with him was never whether he was a terrific player or not. Did you watch his games? I did. You see how small he looks? Tiny, like Johnny Manziel small. I mean, he, he's that small. And that just, the NFL is not a small person's game. It just isn't. <laughs> number three. And number three is the Jets for all the obvious reasons. Number two. And number two is the Broncos because they just gave up 70 points. I can't even fathom that. Like, I've been around, I've seen a lot of terrible losses. I don't know what you say after you give up 70 points. This is not about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson didn't give up 70 points. And Russell Wilson can't be expected to win when a team gives up 70 points. So they've got to be a very sad building. Number one. But in Chicago, that's got to be the worst building. Because they're all looking at each other going, we're fired. Everybody in that building is fired. None of them are coming back. The coaches aren't coming back. The quarterback isn't coming back. The team's getting completely ripped apart, and when it gets rebuilt, it'll be rebuilt with all new players. So they haven't even gotten to the part of the rebuild where they get good yet, and they have to rebuild again. They have to tear it back down to the studs. It is unfathomable to me that the Bears are a a three-and-a-half-point home underdog against a team that just allowed 70 points in an NFL game that wasn't trying hard. Of all the things that I watched last weekend, the Denver Broncos quit in the second half of a week three game. So that's a big factor to consider here is, are these people, are these teams already making business decisions this early in the year? To the Jets' credit, they're not doing that, at least not yet. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Here's uh, Cam's chance to go on a streak. He's gotten two in a row right. Let's see how he does. What is today's Hembo trivia? So Colorado hosts Caleb Williams and USC this weekend. It got me thinking. In the common draft era that dates to 1967, which NFL team has drafted number one overall the most times? Since 67, the year of my birth, which team has had the first pick in the draft or has drafted first the most total times? The answer is next on ESPN Radio. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com greeny the podcast greeny with you on espn radio a couple of ways you can catch up with us if you miss any of the program we're a podcast both hours available hashtag greeny available daily wherever you get your podcast and you can also watch the show on the espn app click on watch Look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Sneaky Hembo, go. All right, once again, Sneaky Hembo, today's question is... In the common draft era, that dates to 1967, which NFL franchise has drafted number one overall the most times. Bubba, what is your answer today? Oh, man, I really agonize the entire break over he these questions. He is just groaning and moaning uh, back there. <laughs> and I Because most of these questions, I feel like I've heard them before, but I just can't remember. I got a lot of teams. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. That's a pretty good one. Cam, you've gotten two in a row right. What do you think? Going with the Cardinals as well. Oh, that's two Cardinals. Yeah. Okay, I've already locked in my answer, so I'm not going to change mine now. I do like your pick. Uh, I, I feel like we went through a stretch there where Jacksonville had the first pick in the draft every year, but this goes back to 67, and they've only been in the league for about half of that time. So I'm going to go with a team that was actually out of the league for three or four years of that time, and that is the Browns. I feel like the Browns have, generally speaking, been really bad a lot for a really long time. So we have two Cardinals and a Cleveland Browns. Hembo, what is the right answer? The correct answer is the Colts. Oh, whoa. The Colts have drafted number one overall six times. That's amazing. Once again, the the question is not about um, who had the worst record. It's about who actually made the pick. So I'm trying to think if the Colts actually had the worst record all of those times. The Colts... Did they draft yeah. Elway and then make the trade, or did they trade the pick? I'm just going back in time. The Colts I think had, they drafted him. They drafted Elway. They that drafted Elway, so that counts. Yeah, see that, like, like Eli would count for the Chargers. For the Chargers. Um, the, the Colts had they, – because they, I, I thought about that, and they, they obviously drafted Manning first. They drafted Luck first. 
They, 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 there was a year they had the first two picks in the draft. I want to say they drafted Steve Emptman. That's right. That's 92. And Quentin Corriott was second. They had the first two picks in the draft. How many is that we've named? Uh, that's four. They drafted Jeff George oh, yeah. in oh, 1990. Yeah. Wow. JG. And in 1967, the first year of this, they drafted a defensive end named Bubba Smith. Oh, Bubba Smith. Uh, one of the all-time sure greats. That one. Absolutely. Who Bubba the, Smith. What was the second, second greatest team? Bubba? What though? was the team with the second most? Uh, the Buccaneers. Oh, I thought about them. Nice. All right, so none of us got it right. Everyone gets that one wrong. Streak is over. We are keeping track. We're all two and five. Uh, Yeah, we're all two and five. Hembo is winning on this game. The Scoop. Uh, Meanwhile, here's the scoop. Colorado is a ratings monster, and every week uh, our friends at Dr. Pepper ask us to pick the best fans of the month. It's brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. It seems Colorado football has fans everywhere. Their game against Oregon, which was over immediately, at the end of the first quarter, that game was over, still drew over 10 million viewers on ABC. It was the largest Nielsen-measured audience of the season. It was the most watched college football game of the year. Again, if you didn't watch, it was over early in the second quarter. The 36-point loss averaged a higher rating than Ohio State Notre Dame on NBC, which, for the record, was prime time and was one of the great games ever. I mean, you got Notre Dame and Ohio State, so two of the, 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 two of the five most important and you know historically significant programs in college football history going head-to-head on a game that quite literally was decided on the final play and Colorado Oregon had more viewers that's incredible to me this is astonishing these numbers really popped off the page we asked last week if Colorado Oregon would outrate Ole Miss Alabama which was on head-to-head at 330 Uh, that game uh, on CBS the SEC game on CBS again we had Colorado Oregon on ABC we more we more than doubled more than doubled an SEC game in which Nick Saban's team was featured. Yeah. Like, Deion Sanders is a singular force in college football. You compared him last week to Tiger Woods. That is 100% right. You and I have done pieces in the past showing how much higher TV ratings are on Master Sundays when Tiger Woods is in contention. Yeah. That's happening. Four of the top seven college football games this season by TV, by TV rating have been Colorado's four games. That's crazy. The, the, most, the most unique stars in sports are the ones who can bring non-sports fans into the tent. There are, those are few and far between. I don't know how many of those we've got. Basketball is a sport where they tend to build up the stars more than anything. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you know the list of players. The, the sport is built around the stars, and they become celebrities. I feel like basketball players, for the most part, are celebrities on a different level. Football players generally aren't celebrities on anywhere near the same level. In recent NFL memory, the only ones who I feel have really broken through that would be a very small handful of quarterbacks like Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. It's a small group. Funny as it sounds to say, a person who does it now is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has become incredibly... There were people watching that game this weekend who otherwise would not absolutely not have been watching a football game because Taylor Swift was sitting in the stands. And as silly as it may sound... That will help NBC's number Sunday night, Jets Chiefs, if it's a blowout, if she's there. I, I genuinely believe that. If that game is the blowout we all expect it to be, 
It will do one number if she's not there and a different number, a higher number, if she is there. Well, this is my way of leading up to saying Deion Sanders is bringing people to the television who would not otherwise be watching a college football game. Let me ask you a question. I really enjoyed and agreed with Dan Orlovsky last week when he said this reminded him of the Fab Five, probably the most culturally significant team ever, or at least in recent memory. But the Fab Five was really good. I mean, they made it to the national championship game in back-to-back seasons. Does Colorado have to be great? Do they have to be good to continue to generate this kind of interest? I don't get the sense that this is like a... Um, a, a novelty, like a one-hit wonder kind of thing, but I do wonder if there's like a floor for how good they have to be. There is. I, I, I don't know what that floor is. I, I don't think they have to beat USC this weekend to keep it going. I think if they lose by 40 again, it, it has to diminish at least a little bit of the excitement, but I think it's also worth reminding the people who don't know sports the way we do, all these these fans who are tuning in because of the Dion factor, that what he's already doing is almost impossible. He took over a team that won one game last year, and they're going to win five, six, seven games this season. Doing that under any normal circumstance is coach of the year type of stuff. Now we're sitting here saying, well, you got to go beat USC Saturday. That's probably unrealistic. What's just so wild to me is that like, this is a sport for which like, tradition – and heritage matters like more than any other. Like watching Ohio State play Notre Dame in South Bend on Saturday night was so charming for people of all ages. And Deion Sanders' celebrity playing at uh, coaching at Colorado has already surpassed and usurped any of that stuff. Like it's he's the only person in the world that I think could do this, and to do it in college football, especially, I think is absolutely remarkable. He also, by the way, right now has the worst team he's going to have which is to say they're going to get better. You're asking me how good do they have to be? I don't know about this year. They're going to get better than this next year and the year after that. Because if you don't think high school kids all over the country are saying, oh, I want to be a part of that show, then obviously you're not paying attention. We'll be right back on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.